All right, Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another NOLcast. Um, in a, in a, not in a perfect podcasting place. So if you hear a little bit of an echo on my end, apologize. This is just a hotel room edition of the NOLcast. Uh, morning edition of the NOLcast. And as always, we thank our fantastic sponsors, whether we're in our uh, home offices or on the road, uh, Legendary Home Loans, Congruity, Madison Social, and the great title sponsors that are Louisiana Hot Sauce and Tarpon Cellars. So uh, great guys. I'm real excited to have this uh, spring tailgate uh, that the Battle's End's putting on. Brought down about five cases of Tarpon Cellars. I can't imagine that we ever go through even two of those, but I can assure you they're here and we're ready. So uh, look forward to seeing as many of y'all out at the spring game with the Battle's End tailgate that runs from 11 to 3.30 and would point you to the uh, battlesend.com or the uh, battlesend social media if you have any other questions or you can hit me up on social media my brother how you doing bud i'm doing well man doing doing real well um just excited to get up there for the spring game i, I know today we're going to talk about like which guys we're most excited for maybe go back and forth a little draft style i think that's that's interesting um did we do a null cast after elite 11 i think we did right um, cause Chrome and Hoke had looked good. I, I think, I think we mentioned this anyway. Yeah. Like guys, he's very, he's very talented, uh, really toolsy. And what we've been saying about him on this show for about two years is consistent with what he showed. So that's kind of the newest thing really, uh, with the exception of this big meets Larry Hoover <laughs> got his waiver approved, man, or his, his appeal of the waiver. That's, that's, I would say nothing but good news overall. Right. Uh, it's it's uh it's massive. It's fantastic. I mean, Meech uh, just personally is a a great dude and somebody that you would want to uh, to root for uh, just from my own personal limited interaction with him and really excited for him. Selfishly, uh, as fans of Florida State football, he happens to be a hell of an interior offensive lineman as well. And uh, I mean, look, if you left last year, and this is a uh, this is like a soccer cliche that you hear all the time. Like basically, you've gotten two signees that you didn't expect uh per se as far as like if you kind of wrote bless harris off or you kind of forgot about him because of when and how that injury occurred and you know basically every meaningful snap that you took last year you didn't have him and then if you assumed that meach uh was going to go on to whatever it is that uh you know whatever mode of professional football lies for him well uh you got meach coming back for a six year and bless harris has been one of the more impressive offensive line pieces uh that you have so I think you went into spring fairly optimistic about an offensive line and the positions uh, and, you know, what the ultimate pieces of that group would look like. And you've it's only been more impressive as to what the actual final product may end up uh, looking like. So I, I agree with you there. I mean, like, I, so I think it's great that you got Meech back. Um, I think it's great for him. Like, I don't think he's going to play in the NFL personally, right? Like a guy who was a Charlotte recruit, came to Florida State, played as a – quality ACC guard but like not uh not a standout like a guy that you can count on to to give you good snaps will have you know good games against so like the bottom half of the ACC I think he's good with double teams if he has to play like really elite competition I would be concerned like if if he has to solo Mason Smith in that game coming up against LSU right if Florida ever be gets fair, it's a wildly tough task for almost yes. any, any offensive lineman in the country. But I mean, we, we had him as a top 10 kid. Rivals had him as like the number one player in the country. Like, you know, does that game last year in, in, in the dome go differently if he doesn't tear his ACL on like the first drive? I, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, probably not. But like it, it wouldn't be wouldn't be easier. I would tell you that if, if he was in there. So I think this guy is a a valuable piece. I also think it's like it's awesome for him. He can come back and get another year of schooling on, on the school's dime, right? Like for his post college football career, maybe he goes to plays XFL. I shouldn't say he won't play professional football. I don't think he's like an NFL player, but there are other avenues down. I mean, like Jock has Patrick is still playing in the XFL. I, I mean, I, I don't know what those guys make, but I don't think they're working, you know, like part-time at home Depot or something during the week. So that's at least like probably a living wage playing football. I say this to say, like, it also says something about the state of this room that he's a likely but not guaranteed starter, I would say. Like, there's 
not a 0% chance that he gets beaten out by somebody. Like somebody could beat him out. There's a lot of potential in this room, especially on the interior. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you've, you've brought in guys and uh, buyers and, and Roddick that are really nice pieces of clay. And obviously you'd love for Roddick to, to get the snapping game down. Um, but we'll see if that occurs, but still a really physically gifted kid that you're going to want to try to get on the field somewhere. Uh, the kid from Auburn, maybe a little bit more of a one to two year project. Uh, but look, there's going to be competition across this line. Uh, I personally think Meech ends up being a starter and, uh, you know, maybe you've got uh, buyers as the other guard and then you can start to dream, uh, you know, pretty wildly, uh, <laughs> big dreams when it comes to what you can do in the run game. If your uh, interior is, is erotic or, a, or perhaps a, a Moose Smith who's continued to beat everybody out. And then those two are your guards. So exciting times. Yeah. What 100%. I mean, just let's all right. We got transfer portal opening up on the 15th. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, kind of wanted to go through some other stuff from some of the opponents that we're seeing so far in their, their spring, but I like, we, let's, let's focus on Florida state. Let's just go back and forth and draft guys that we are most excited to watch in this spring game. Just from a fan perspective, guys, for whatever reason, that you're just you're excited to get out there and see. I think it's a great idea. Uh, let's go for it. Now, who gets the first pick here? All right. Uh, do I have a coin up here? The momentary pause was me putting my draft board together ever so quickly <laughs> in my mind. I, uh, I don't know if I have a coin. What, what do I have on my desk? I have... Um, hmm. I have this magnetic chip clip thing. So yeah, I'll go ahead and, go ahead and flip this. All right. If it lands flat side down, that's me. <laughs> if it lands other side down, it's you. Okay. Uh, the most scientific scientific flips. All right. It it that was a terrible flip. Actually, I'm, let's let's do it so the so the video check can actually see it. If I can get this to stay on my hands. All right. It lands you side down, so you get the lead off. Guys, that I am most excited to see. Um, yeah, I mean, if Winston writes out there and given a full go, that's that's the guy who I want to see the most. I, I saw, I was in uh, the building when he caught a ball. The DB tried, if I recall this correctly, uh, DB tried to jump and knock a ball down, so it took himself out of the play. But still, Winston probably had another 35 or 40 yards to run. Um, and it was good to see that kid open up, put it into fourth and fifth gear, and uh, you know confirm that, He's 100%. I would love to just continue to see uh, his ability to cut, excel, everything else. Um, I also, and not to just you know take over and ramble here, I'm, I'm curious as to if he's a piece in your punt return game or what you even show in that. I mean, again, it's not you know state secrets to say that I think they're they're still searching for somebody there. Uh, absolutely, 100%. And uh, maybe you know, I, obviously Winston had some pretty special moments as a kick returner. At West Virginia, I don't know if punting would be uh, something that he would ultimately work himself into. But regardless, I'll watch him uh, the most of anybody. Uh, buy or sell. Brought to you by the legendary Home Loans Group. FSU will miss Pittman more as a punt returner than as a receiver if he's not able to return. Ooh, uh, I'm going to sell, actually, despite initially wanting to buy, only because I think people undersell him on the role that he played when not being a catcher of the ball. I mean, just so physical, the attitude that he brought and the consistent attitude, you know, it's, it's one thing to be a, uh, an MF -er for two or three plays a game, right? It's a whole yeah. nother to like consistently put somebody in the bench, consistently look for that extra block. Uh, that was Micah. And that is a, you know, that's something that is special that he brings. And, and ultimately I am a believer that, attitudes like that and if you're trying to get on the field and you see that 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 can start to rub off on a broader position group so and and i think the world of micah is a punt returner i mean it's solid he caught the ball which is a commodity that we desperately wanted around here for a long time didn't try to play air traffic controller a, a welcome change <laughs> over that of the past decade and hey look he didn't take it you know 80 yards to the house but he got you nine or ten yards and that in 2023 that's a solid, you know, situation out of your out of your uh, special team there. So uh, I'm not trying to undersell the punt returner. I understand the importance of that, but I do think people undersell him 
on what he was when he was a receiver and not a pass catching receiver. Agree with you on that. Uh, I I think just because the the number of like the volume of plays is is the way that I, I would sell it to. I I, just, I was curious to see if you if you would go the other way on that. I I like the Winston Wright pick here a whole lot. Um, I'm I'm a little concerned about the receiver room, man. Like to be just completely frank here, like I I I know I was on the take a take a receiver in the portal train before spring, and I I actually think I was wrong to think that at the time. But I'm not completely convinced that you shouldn't do it now. Uh, like I'm not sold on Kentron being a number two receiver for you, you know. So like, is can Winston Wright be a two, or is he more of a guy who can be a slot three? Um, we we don't know. Like Johnny Wilson, he's going to be your number one. I don't think like if your goals are win the conference, make the playoff. I th- like. Can Kentron truly be a two for you right now? I I don't know. Deuce Span, I think, is a guy that's probably more of a 2025, or excuse me, 2024 type dude if, if he had to rely on him to start. I, like Darren Williamson obviously has, you know, been out, right? So has not been getting those practice reps. Like they're gonna have him in the fall. Like, like that's those are important questions, I think. And I like if you had to roll out and play a game right now, it's probably like, you know, Wilson, Wright, Portier. Is that like, is that going to get it done? And oh, you're muted. Um, Thank you. I'm not trying to gas do- a kid up, but um, I think Van Der. I think all day Dre's in your rotation immediately. And I think sure. Vandarius is looking to take the catches and receptions that Pokey Wilson got a year prior, to be honest with you right now. Now, you know, we can be concerned as to what that means if a freshman walked in and immediately puts himself in that place uh, in a position group. I agree, but uh, I do think you've seen an emergence of a kid who seems to have some of the, you know, innate traits that are necessary to be a wide receiver. And I, I know that's not a great description, but, you know, sometimes it's just about finding space, catching the ball, and making the most of your opportunities. And and Dre seems to be able to do that. So, um, you know, I, I agree, man. Um, you know, um, <laughs> in retrospect, would have loved to try to cleep uh, Malik McClain and, and you know, maybe see if other, other things would have happened there. But kids make decisions. I don't blame him at all. It sounds like he's doing well at Penn State, and I certainly wish him the best. But I think um, you'd probably do better in the portal than Malik McClain, honestly. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I mean, he was never reliable. Like he's a, a a very good potential guy, but I don't know, man. I I'm curious to see this room, uh, and how how it evolves. Like, I I don't know. I, I guess we'll just we'll see. Um, I mean, it, it's I think the odds are that somebody who's not currently playing right now, you know, ends up helping you out in the fall, and it'll probably be fine. But like, if you made it to the playoff, and you rolled out there with you know, Johnny Wilson, Vendrivius, Winston, or, you know, Winston Wright and Portier. Georgia spits on that. I don't think that scares Bama. Yeah. I don't think like Ohio State, Michigan are not, are not shaking in their boots. They're seeing better than that in practice. I think like that's I, a fair barometer as to, as to where you want to go. Uh, certainly. And th- th- that is the apex of the sport. Um, you're also, you know, you're just a roster that was, couple years away from one of the more disappointing season in school's history so uh no i mean I agree if and i think you start to see that the emergence of dre uh getting hakeem williams it looks like you're going to continue to you know recruit a level of player that's that's different than what you've been able to bring in the high school ranks over the next two years so i think you see you know the 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 green shoots of recovery uh if you want to use such a term that a friend of the scottish lad uh used on this podcast <laughs> five or six years ago uh or four or five years ago at this position you see you know that turnover and that different level of talent starting to happen uh who knows i mean the portal that opens in three days is gonna be crazy uh, i don't know what it's gonna look like uh i think it's gonna be very busy and it's this a- extra added dimension of the sec not being able to 
like, you know, hunt within their own conference. <laughs> so they're, they're going to be out uh, looking outward. You know, I'm, I'm well, let's explain that be, to the viewers because yeah. I'm not sure everybody knows how, how this works. No, it's, it is an interesting dynamic here. So what the, the SEC does not allow intra-conference transfer portal uh, within the second window. If, if I'm not otherwise describing that correct, please let me know. Um, well, you are correct here. Although I think graduate transfers I think graduate are transfers are almost always, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to speak, I don't know the SEC's rules, uh, you know, chapter and verse. So I don't want to sound like I do, but I, I do believe graduates are almost always allowed to move. So uh, what it means is that if an SEC school needs to, you know, shore up a spot on its roster, first place it looks is the Big Ten and the ACC. So, uh, you know, you can just figure out who in their geographic pattern has, uh, has roster talent that they may be interested in. And, and, uh, you know, we'll see what it looks like in three or four days. 100%. All right. So you went Winston, right? That was going to be my number one pick. Like that's the guy I think you want to see live, assuming they let him full go. Right. I expressed some of my concerns about the receiver room. I don't think it sucks by far. I just like, you know, if you like, I just think you have such good depth on this team at most spots because they've just done such a damn good job. And obviously, like, battles in with retention has been tremendous. I, there are some spots that, that concern me a little bit. And I'm like, what if what if you run good, right? And, like, run, run good is, you know, kind of like, like, like a poker turn, right? Just stuff's going in your favor. Like, what, what happens if you make the playoff? You know, like, what happens if you do have to play one of these teams that have, like, a top 10 roster in the sport? How does that go for you? Like, that's kind of where my mind goes on, on, on this kind of stuff. So, I kind of think the reason I'm going to pick this guy is if the receiver room is not amazing, maybe you can supplement it enough because you went out and Jaheim Bell transferred and wanted to come to Florida State. You know, get get back a little closer to to where he played high school ball. Was a really dynamic athlete for South Carolina. Probably misused at times. They weren't able to get him football in the passing game. They actually played him at running back a good bit. A, a versatile weapon. A guy that I think could also play some of the Micah Pittman role potentially for you if, if Pittman's not able to get back in time because of the like the chess piece way they moved him around. He could be an interesting jet guy too, I think. Like, you know, they like to use Mike on the on the goal line. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jaheim Bell played running back effectively. Like I, I think you could do instead of that like reduced split slot into round, you could just run you could run, you know, tight in around, right? Like that's the guy's got some juice like that. You think you're probably going to push people around this year on the offensive line. Maybe a little less so if if Smith's your center. If it's Roddick, then I think you're you're kind of full bully ball mode. But like Smith does a lot of really good things too. We shouldn't discount that as far as his, his agility and the consistency of snapping the edges to Smith at, at this point. I don't think anybody would would discount that. But maybe you play more two tight end stuff. And like that to me is really an interesting way to go about this. Uh, you know, Georgia did it last year. I think you have some some fun stuff to do there. Your play action stuff, which I think Jordan does play action pretty well. Uh, I mean, I could see you being kind of more jumbo spread this year. Kind of what Jimbo wanted to put together, never really could. Uh, in, in in the back half, you, you talk about that. Like you want to be multiple tight ends that are both good, and they just they never really had two two tight ends that were good at the same time. Gene Bell for me is a guy like I want to see it. How are they looking to use him? They'll probably be pretty vanilla in the spring, but I, I'm i excited to see him because he was one of the better athletes in the SEC. Jaheim Bell is a great pick. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's uh, that's a very, very much could kind of indirectly uh, get a lot of the, the Pittman opportunities. Uh, I agree. I'm fascinated to see what they do. Double tight sets. Uh, you've, you've got two players that I know they're interested to see to incorporate. Uh, as much as possible. And Morlock's going to take a, an adjustment. You don't just come from, you know, shorter college and start playing at Florida State immediately. Uh, but, I mean, that guy, from uh, what I've seen and what I've heard, has shown a pretty consistent ability to, you know, not he's not taking balls to the house, but he's grabbing 12, 14-yard catches uh, yeah. routinely. I mean, he, he is a, uh, a chain-moving tight end. And if Jordan gets comfortable with him, you know, watch out. Uh, he really could be special. The Jaheim Bell one's great. I'll, I'll be a little quicker here. Uh, although before I do, I will also say, um, fascinating to see what they do with Toll Philly because you can play multiple sets. You can have a two back set 
and uh, keep the same personnel line up and put Tofiliad uh, in the slot or something else like that. And that uh, to also go back to old Jimbo philosophy and speak, you know, the ability to be multiple without changing personnel is what everybody is always looking for. And Tofili is just unique in the ability there. I'm really interested to see how they use him and, and how many snaps he gets as a, as a dedicated running back and what they use him in his passing game. Um, that was actually uh, Norvell's presentation at the Nike Coach of the Year Clinic this year uh, was um, literally how you call it to keep it simple to run a lot of different formations uh, with like they're trying to dumb it down for high school coaches basically who were there mm-hmm. not dumb it down but like not yeah. not for not for the high school coaches for the high school players oh well, you got right? it same as you do you got to parse down a pro book or pro philosophies to implement them in college and yeah. you got to do it in college to high school so i just yeah. i didn't want i didn't want our high school coaches to watch the show to make me think they're <laughs> dumb they're not like their players sometimes are or at least they're new new to the game um but yeah like i i thought they that is true fsu does run a lot of different formations with the same personnel. I know uh, digital one OG asked buy or sell Tofili takes 30% of his snaps at receiver or split out from the backfield. I'm, I'm going to, okay. Non-garbage time snaps. I'm going to sell or no, excuse me. Non-garbage time snaps. I probably buy. I think you'll probably get a lot of carries because you're going to have a lot of games, man, where, where I, I project you to blow teams out, you know, that are, are over with 20 minutes left. So somebody's going to get those carries when, you know, you're up 20. And that's probably when you're going to show yourself somewhat as a back if you're toe Philly. Not that he's not going to play during the, the real, the contested part of the game. But I think during the contested part of the game, the versatility with him probably does increase. But he's still going to get a lot of carries at the end of these games. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think. Um, how many rounds do you want to go on this? Five? I don't know. Let's just kind of uh, maybe until we peter out. Uh, cool. uh, I'll make this real quick. I, I want to continue to watch Bless Harris. I mean, yes. I, I've been really impressed. He's been a, a nice dose of humility for Jared Verse on a, on a couple of plays. Uh, I, I want to continue to see what I think I've seen uh, out of him, and and if so, continue to be pretty optimistic about what this offensive line could end up looking like next year. One hundred percent. Look, do you have a high end? NFL guy at tackle in your starting lineup right now? I don't think so. But you do. He's just a true freshman. Well, yeah, yeah, true. And I, I don't think Simmons is going to be a starter this year. I'd be shocked. But I mean, like guys with special talents. If maybe something crazy happened over the summer, I, I, I don't know. Like occasionally you see this. It's, it's rare. But that's why those guys are rated that highly. Occasionally they make crazy jumps over three months and like, oh, okay, but. It seems pretty doubtful given the the experience that the other folks in this lineup have. But think about it. Like, I think buyers can play tackle in the ACC at a high level. I think Bless Harris, like they were very excited about Bless Harris last year. They thought they hit on him, and then he like they were pretty bummed having to play uh Jasden against LSU. Now it worked out, they protected the guy well, but they were really pretty high on Harris before the injury. Seems to have worked back well. So, like you get buyers. Harris, Robert Scott coming back from the injury, assuming that 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 works out. That's that's three. I think I feel pretty good at tackle. Darius Washington as an emergency tackle is not like is not going to get you killed against most of the teams that you play. Against the best teams, he's not like he's not going to match up well playing tackle, right? But you you have to you really have to protect him because he's more of a guard body, I think. Yeah, Armella. Honestly, is a guy who can make another step. Like, dude, that's just five guys I named. And we haven't got to like, if Lucas Simmons is your break glass guy. Yeah. That's a hell of a break glass guy. I think most teams would take that. I was just listening to the, uh, the Bucknuts podcast. Cause I you know, run the podcast here 24 seven. And they're like, yeah, we're pretty sure Ohio state's going to be taking two tackles in the portal. And they already know who they want. This come, come March. Mm-hmm. Like that's not great. You know, like Florida State's not the only team out there that's got some issues on the roster, like amongst the elite teams. Like all these rosters are really damn good. Everybody's got some holes. I'm, I like this O line depth is pretty damn good, man. Like knock on wood here, but you may not have the amazing upside, but you have very, very high. Like the downside risk is 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 good here because of the depth. Yep. 
Absolutely. Who would be your second pick, sir? Okay, so uh, I mean, we've done so much offense. I'm I'm going to go defense, and I I want to see Shaheen Brown, right? Mm. Like mm. safety here. I almost went Fentrell, but I'm, I'm going to go Shaheen Brown because they they moved Duke Cooper to safety, right? You get Shaheen, you get Akeem Dent. I think we generally know what he is. But like this defense has to be better in the back end, and I want to see him like play to his talent level out there. And I mean, we'll see if he does. But do they do they need to hope that a safety pops in the portal? Uh, come May, I don't know. Like that's about the only position that Adam Fuller has legit has legitimately kind of called out this spring, right? Everything he says, you watch press conferences, he's very positive. And the one day he's like, "We just need more from these guys." We, we just need more from these safeties, you know, and you got to find two starters who you like, I think. Can Shaim be, I think Shaim has the highest upside at safety of those three guys if he plays to it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I just, I'd like to see some consistency out of him. That'd be fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, your safety, safety, this position that you'd love to see emerge and we'll see how, uh, how Duke Cooper, adjust to to being moved there and um yeah a lot of you could you could lose you could you could use a lot of picks at the uh, safety position as far as players that you hope to learn more about or have a better idea as to what their their end product might look like you are up here sir i mean i've seen it i just want to continue to see it in in as uh, probably a multiple of like eight or ten as opposed to how many people he's ever played before in his life I'd love to see what Kyle Morlock looks like. I mean, you know, I don't know exactly what shorter brings in, but probably somewhere around like 1,500 to 2,500 people. Um, it's, a, it's an adjustment, but would love to see uh, what it looks like and would love to see a guy continue to play the level that he has at practice and shown that he has the ability to adjust to this level. And, uh, yeah, probably be a little bit nervous just because it's a, it's a little bit of a different environment than anything he's ever been in. And, uh Get used to it because LSU in Orlando is going to be a hell of a lot different environment than anything you've ever been in. But yeah, would love to see, you know, Morlock with uh, three catches for 42 yards or something like that. That would be a, a great piece of evidence that the player that you've seen in practice who adjusted to the level of competition and turned into a regular contributor uh, is continuing to, you know, scale at this rather aggressive growth curve that you have to have if you're coming from that level of college football. Exactly. All right. So uh, I'm going to go do Cypress. Right. Just been listening to a lot of these NFL podcasts for the draft coming up. They are pretty quick to note that uh, corner play is one of the least consistent uh, positions year to year with the same guy. Right. Like sometimes they'll have a PFF grade of like 90 in the next next week or next year. They'll have a PFF grade of like 70, both in college and in the NFL. And it just it varies a lot. He was very good last year and I thought he was you know, solid the year prior. Like what level of. Where, where does he level out or does he level up even? That'd be really cool. Like, can you get another level out of him? I'm excited to see your Virginia corner do Cypress, man. Cause like, I, I think Renato green is a good ACC corner, right? Like not a first round type. I don't know. Maybe he gets drafted. Maybe he doesn't. Right. Cypress probably has a little more upside than green. Uh, but regardless, if you, if he plays like he did last year, and I think Renardo has played well and is much better than I thought he would be at corner. Uh, that's a nice corner tandem, man. Like that nickel was a major problem last year, but this allows you to focus a little more resources on the inside. And uh, so I, I just kind of had some fretting there about safety kind of, but now I'm thinking, okay, like maybe if, if you play a little more Island type stuff with your corners, if they're good enough, I'm excited there. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see Fintrell continue to, to progress uh there's plays that when when you do see it you're like oh damn yeah that is a that is a special play that is a guy who has just a a little bit of a different skill set as far as just straight i think he's squatted somewhere in the fives or something like there's just there's flashes of like yeah that's a different level athlete uh compared to some other people but no i mean renardo green i think is a in the here and now renardo green is a better college defensive back uh as of right now for what Florida state's doing than I think anybody else on this roster. Now, 
come snap one against LSU, that may be totally different as far as friend Terrell adjusting the program, a guy with the raw pieces that are, you know, as good as anybody on this roster. But Renardo's had a, a great camp. This can you continue to play really well. And it's just a very, very solid piece. Jerry and Jones, I will. Well, all right. I'm not going to mean to break from the draft here, but like Jerry and Jones, better defensive player than I thought he was going to be ever credit to that kid. Um, defensive back doesn't have, you know, doesn't have any kids that are like first round picks. In my opinion, Fintrell has the physical ability to test and, and run like it. So that'll be interesting. Uh, but I think there's a load of really solid, uh, you know, plus level uh, players here and uh, excited to see what this room looks like. So. 100%. Uh, Alejandro in the chat asks, uh, do we think we'll see any impact of Pat Sertan coaching the DBs this spring game? Great point. Like the like a couple guys we brought up already are DBs. So I, I do want to see in a game how they look, right? Um, 100%. Kelvin Lane wants Renardo to replace Jamie Robinson and Cooper should move back to his corner and work at it. I just, uh, I don't know that Renardo wants to do that. Well, right? I, I understand the, the logic there. Uh, and certainly physically that would potentially makes sense although Renardo is not not Jamie but I don't think you take your best your, right now uh you know maybe your best DB and move him to another position yeah. so that you can move a player that didn't impress DB <laughs> last year back to DB that that I understand where you're saying and and from a, a video game perspective that, that probably works out but uh I personally would would not do that also corner is kind of a premium position and safety's not so yeah. True. I mean, like, you know, you kind of want your better guy at, at corner typically. Um, and it depends on how, how you run your defense. But, yeah. All right. Um, Gilbert Edmond is the guy I want to see. Like, just new dude, South Carolina. On cover three yesterday, we were talking to Cole Kublik, and he does, like, really nice SEC breakdowns. And, you know, he was talking about how he likes South Carolina skill guys, and he's pretty worried about them on both both sides of the line of scrimmage. And part of that was they had transfers out to, you know, better programs on that D line, like Birch going to Oregon and you know Gilbert going to uh, Gilbert going to Florida State. So, with obviously with, with the loss of McClendon, who my thoughts on him are I think well known, like solid player, not a difference maker. Uh, best of luck, obviously wherever he goes. It does thin your depth out a little bit. Right. When you think about it, you got kind of four guys right now, Verse, Peyton, Turner, Edmund, and then you sort of get into that like Hester Lamont Green range where, you know, like those aren't guys that I think you want to rely on in your top six or seven games, personally. So I want yeah, to see. Yeah. I love Lamont Green long term. He's, he's not going to be ready for a Clemson or, you know, uh, the, the, the oddity of the schedule here is that your first four games are so impactful and you almost have to approach camp as to, you know, who you have ready, who can immediately contribute uh, in the LSU and Clemson game, and then kind of start to coach to uh, have a little bit of flexibility and maybe reps and how you bring players along from there. Um, I will say that Lamont Green Jr. looks a little undersized, uh, but yeah. seeing a couple of plays in practice where he's, he's beat, some pretty decent tackles too. Uh, he so plays hard. There's something there. He's just got to continue to grow into his body and, uh, and it'll be there. It's just not somebody you want to look, you don't want to put any true freshman on long line of scrimmage very rarely ever. Um, and you know, he just doesn't have like a, a NFL body as a true freshman. So just got to work from there. 100%. All right. Uh, you are up, sir. If anybody else you're really excited to see. Uh, yeah, no, you took my you, you took mine with with Gilbert there. I, I, look, I'm interested in this this. Uh, I, I just say the backup quarterback uh, idea, and I don't. It's, Brock Lynn's not going to be that this year. That's not what I'm suggesting. But Brock Lynn has had a whole lot of really good practices. He's had a couple moments where he's looked like a, a kid that you know should be a senior in high school, and that's what you expect. Um, but. I can assure you, or I can't assure you, I would, I can't imagine there's a world in which quarterback two and three haven't noticed what quarterback four looks like. Uh, and so um, I'm just interested in see how Duffy and, and Rotomaker play. And um, I expect that Tate's probably your number two right now, but I don't think that's decided. And uh, maybe the spring game can just give you a little bit better idea 
as to what it looks like. Now, we're never going to take a ton away from the spring game, but and and Louisville will will always be there and, and a reminder of you know something that uh, that I and many others were were very wrong about as to what tape could look like. But you know, if you just had came out and had a, a exceptionally disappointing performance from either of those two guys. Uh, that might sit in the back of their head is like, hey, look, uh, I know what's coming as far as Brooklyn. I know that they're going to continue to compute, uh, compete for high-level uh, quarterbacks out of the portal or high school. Uh, you know, maybe we get a little bit of clarity there. It's a long-winded, circular way of saying something. But the quarterback position in particular uh, from numbers two through four uh, is something that I will have at the top of my list. 100%. Um See how I just took three players with my one pick. That uh, is, that's yeah, that's how you got to start thinking about this. Uh, yeah, that that's uh, that's that's very fair. Oh man, um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, uh, am I, well, I'm not out of guys. I'm excited to see. I'm just kind of curious, like who I should pick next. Here's one. I want to see the bounce back from Dennis Briggs. Guy two years ago really flashed. Last year was not a good football player, I think, because of the injury and you know just trying to trying to help the team, right? Like guy that w- was was willing to move around, um, but you know I'm like there's a chance you need him, so I'm I'm interested to see kind of what it, it, if he's full go what he looks like. I think that may be it for me, man. I mean, I, I, right. I'll continue to look at the linebackers, uh, see what Lundy and Graham look like in particular, but uh, I don't know that I have any other, you know, real people at the top of my list. Uh, honestly, it's a reflection of of this roster. I've, I feel pretty damn good about a lot of the players I listed, but, you know, uh, hey, I want to look at Fabian Lovett, bud, or I want to look at Jared yeah. Burks. I mean, yeah, that's, how, that's a good idea. Look at him. Uh, Jackson, so, yeah. Jackson, yeah. I bet Jackson, That's actually Jackson's one – yeah, like I, I, I'd like to see him dominate. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of leave, leave spring with with a good taste in your mouth because he ha- he has had some real dominant moments. There's no other place that leaves a good taste in your mouth in Tallahassee quite like Madison Social Bud, and they are oh. opening up at nine o'clock in the morning uh, on the day of the spring game. So, as somebody that's just staying uh, right next door, more or less, I can assure you that I'll hit up Mad so early and often. Uh, we also have a Battles in thing uh, Saturday night there if you want to swing by. But, yeah, no, Matso, always the great spot. Township, all the young kids love it. And uh, the great spot, Charlie Park, uh, Tallahassee's best rooftop bar and a great supporter at the Nolcast. So big thanks to the uh, For the Table restaurant group, Matt and his team, for uh, all that they've done of us, uh, all that they've done for us over the years. No doubt. All right, so we had some questions that we got, I think we had some Patreon questions, patreon.com slash Nolcast. I think we also had, uh, let's see here. Let me find a couple of these. I thought I I liked them either on my account or on the Nolcast account. Or, uh, it must be the Nolcast account. Look here. Let me just uh, hit a couple comments in chat real quickly. Uh, Southern Hayes says that he's really excited. Um, or he thinks that Edwin and, and Conrad Housey are going to contribute early. I agree uh, that Edwin has the ability to flash early. I don't know if that's going to contribute or mean that he's like a, a player that you see on the field, but I do think that you'll hear pretty impressive practice reports about Edmund or Edwin uh, fairly early. And yeah, Hussey's at a position that, you know, maybe he could see something if there's not uh, otherwise certainty about uh, what you have at safety digital one uh, OG Ask about Fisk. Yeah, I mean, he's been in a green jersey every practice or video that I've seen. I just don't know how much you can take uh, from that. Otherwise, you've been very uh, excited about it. Moves really well. Uh, impressive in the some of the tour duty stuff that he did do, uh, if I recall correctly. And I think they're pretty excited about Fisk. Um, and they knew they needed the procedure on him, uh, I believe, when when they took him, right? So like like it wasn't a surprise thing like that I think that was part of the calculus like hey this you know the, the shoulder trigger thing is is you know is is part of it I'm fairly sure yeah um, so I don't know I I think he's gonna be full go by by fall mm-hmm. um, yeah I I think they're 
I think that they're more than confident about that. Oh. Yeah. Um, what players from this roster do you think will enter the transfer portal? I don't know yet. Um, I not. I really. I, I kind of want to want to see what happens in the spring game because although it's just one practice and it is a practice, guys do put weight on the spring game more than I think they probably should. Like if they're the the prudent way to do this decision making if you're a player is to think about how everything went in during camp not just the spring scrimmage, but a lot of them are going to be like, Hey, this is the one that was on, you know, quote unquote TV. So, um, you know, yeah. Um, all right. So a couple questions here. One, how many ACC teams would take FSU's backup offensive line? (laughs) That's a, did you that that was a listener question? That was a listener question. I thought Dude, that was great, good. great question, man. That's a great, That's, that is yeah. uh, fantastic. Five. Virginia for sure. Mm-hmm. I think Boston College. Georgia Tech. Yes. Yeah. Georgia Tech. Yeah, their own line is, is is hot garbage. Uh I think Virginia Tech would do it. Yeah, I, I think so. I think they would definitely consider it. And may like depending on what Syracuse has there, because they lost their best guy to the draft, uh, the um Matthew Bergeron. Yeah. So yeah, I think five's a good number, man. Like that's really that's kind of what we're talking about. Like that's and that's O line's not a position where you can frequently say, no, UNC would definitely not. No, they're no, no. Uh, UNC's got a couple pretty damn good pieces. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty, pretty solid. Funk asks, what are the chances Armella transfers if he doesn't start this fall? I I think low, right? Like our, Armella's not an idiot. Yeah, I, I don't know. Understands. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good idea for me to go through the whole roster and start putting percentages on players, but, um, I don't think his transfer decision is based on or like his long-term decision is going to be based on whether he starts or not this fall. I I think our, I mean, look, I don't know what a kid thinks, but uh, he's made a great amount of progress, transformed his body, uh, is right on the verge of uh, of potentially being a pretty special pair uh, of tackles with what you have with with Simmons. I'd I'd be surprised, but you know, plays a premium position and uh, you know has the has the high school pedigree as far as uh, what he was as a recruit. So it's not like he's a mystery to anybody out there. Agree with that. All right. So another question here. In what years do you think our national championship hype was equal or bigger than what we have for this fall? That's kind of an interesting look back to put this in perspective, actually. Okay. So every 13, year 12, from 14. Yeah. Yeah. And every year from 87 to 2002. For sure. I don't think 15. Do you? Uh, No, I don't. No, I don't think 15. 16. Probably not. National championship. No, no, I don't think so. 17, 17, probably more. Yeah. So in the last decade, 12, 13, 14, and 17, definitely had more national championship type hopes than, than this one, I would say. Was the question in the last decade? No, but I'm just, okay. I'm trying to think like, since, you just since we've tend since to hear living here now and modern yeah. football. And I, definitely 87 to 02. <laughs> think, think about stuff when I was four years old. So yeah. <laughs> 2018. No, 2019. No, like, yeah. I, so, I mean, it, it should be really one of the better years you've had in the last yeah, last two decades, no doubt. And if 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 you run good, if you stay healthy at the right spots, like you definitely got some real potential here. Um, no, I'm I'm really excited where this thing is going, man. I I think they have they've got a lot of good things cooking. Um, so that's that's pretty encouraging. I also to to the question about the portal. I I think you have a lot of guys out there who have poor representation because a lot of NFL agents are not touching these NIL stuff, right? So you have dudes who are not certified or just no experience 
they're not doing real research into what guys can make or can't make. It's just talking to people in the industry, right? And I think you're going to see a lot of dudes from big time schools jump in the portal because they think they can get more elsewhere. And I think you're going to have like a real conversation to be had internally at, you know, look, Florida State, but also like a Georgia, Bama, all those. Like some of these teams kind of have a policy traditionally of like you portal, we pull, right? Like they're, they're not coming back. Once, once you go in, you're out. And I don't, can you think of any examples where, where FSU has let a guy portal and then come back? There may, there may be one, but I'm I mean, there's, to... there, yeah, there, I was talking to a friend of mine about this and they're like, well, we let some guys practice. And I'm like, that's a totally different situation with like Gainer right. and, um, yeah, look, they're college kids. They're going to get some bad advice. They're probably going to act on some bad advice. They will realize that the advice was bad only upon entering the portal and realizing grass is not necessarily greener and they'll want to come back. What, how are, how are different college coaches and programs going to decide to handle this is a really interesting discussion to be had, right? What kind of precedent does it set? I don't know, but like I, there are some people who think this, this portal cycle is going to be much busier than, than last than, than last year's late one. I think it's going to be wild uh, for clarity. <laughs> uh, Bud originally heard those comments. If I understand correctly from uh, two different collectives and yeah. Uh, and I can only tell you that I, I, that is my perspective as well. I do think that there are going to be kids that jump into the portal. Um, there's a lot of what I would describe as fluff in the portal or froth as to what might be out there. Um, I, I, I think that might have, you know, well, we'll see. Um, I do think this, this will be an issue. I, I think we'll see this, and I think there'll be kids who may um, not find what they think is out there in the portal and see that it might be might have might have been best to to not necessarily uh, jump into it. But you know, we'll know. We'll see. We'll see. One hundred percent. I think we're pretty good as far as stuff from the chat. Um, wait, is Battleaxe asking? Which player other than the number 13 on this roster could be a, a, a Heisman Trophy candidate this year? I would say none. Um, I mean, if, if if Trey runs for 239 yards against LA, you know, if there's some sure. crazy, yeah. crazy performance. Uh, if, I mean, again, but you know, Johnny's, Johnny's success is going to get attributed to Jordan from a Heisman perspective, right? So, like, yeah. if you're like, oh, Johnny caught three touchdowns. Well, no, from a national perspective, that's going to be looked at as Jordan threw, you know, three touchdowns to Johnny and however many to anybody else. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to – you're the gambling man. But if you want to, like, one to a thousand uh, player or something like that, then it would be Trey. But otherwise, it's it's Jordan exclusively. Exactly. And they – I mean, they very rarely hang, like, a thousand to one on Heisman anyway, right? Like. Yeah. Last year, I took a shot at 333 to one on Donovan Edwards at Michigan, just in case, like, because he was very good at the all star season. And I was like, there's some chance he wins this job. Like, Corum has an injury history. Corum actually stayed healthy most of the year and got hurt, you know, like very late. But yeah, I, I could see that. Traditionally, if you think about guys who win the Heisman as a running back, let's say in the last like 15 or 20 years, it has been dudes on teams whose quarterbacks are thought of as just like game managers, game managers, not 100%. good players. Yeah. yeah. Like, like Alabama Kendrick, quarterbacks. Yes. Uh, right. And not the, not, not the Bama quarterbacks, like the last five, six years, like yeah. just the, the Jay Barker types. Uh, yeah. Jay Barker, McElroy, McCarron, like got guys who are, don't go play in the league. Don't get drafted highly. That, that those, those types. Um, I think Jordan has too high of a profile for Benson to uh, to win it, probably. Also, like, the usage pattern. I, I don't think Mike is going to just run Benson 30 times a game in some of these games that you're blowing everybody out. Uh, not when you got a guy like Rodney Hill. I mean, I right. know they are very excited about Rodney Hill, and, and Toll Philly uh, is somebody that they always want to try to work uh, the ball to. Look, it's a you're again, you're the odds guy, whether it's one in a thousand, one in eight hundred, one in five hundred, whatever. Oh, if if Benson has any chance, 
He needs to run for a big yard total and have runs like he did in the Florida game where he's literally just throwing defenders around. And if he goes out there and does that against LSU and LSU goes on to, you know, have two or less losses, then maybe there's some kind of, uh, you know, maybe there's some kind of path to that. Yeah, 100%. I think that's probably all I got on my sheet for today. Um want to always thank our friends at Congruity, Matt Lewis uh, and his team, brilliant people to work with. I haven't spoken with Matt. I do believe he's going to be up here for the spring game, so I hope to catch up with him on Saturday. Drag him down to the Battles and Tailgate, and if you have any questions about Congruity and you're around, certainly welcome to ask me or hit me up on social media. Uh, Congruity's been great for us, great for multiple businesses that I've worked with, and now great for uh, 10 or 11 Seminole-owned uh, businesses as well. So congruityhr.com is the website. And as always, we thank them uh, for their support. So um, Bud, a uh, uh, listener, was kind enough to move me into a pretty decent-sized uh, hotel room up here. So if you want to swing by oh, after nice. the spring game, we'll have a little, uh, you know, maybe not an instant reaction, but we'll get something out after the spring game on Saturday. And uh, this is fun. Hey, uh, please do come by the Battles Inn if you're a member or not, anything else. would love to catch up with uh, as many listeners as possible. Where will it be? It'll be on Lankford Green, bud. You ah, promoting son of a gun, marketer extraordinaire. Uh, Lankford Green, uh, we'll tweet out a, uh, an image uh, if you have uh, any further interest or more details. And uh, whether it be that tailgate or anything else, hope to see, interact, and uh uh, have as many chances to, you know, have as a game-like setting as the spring gives us. Uh, the sport that we love is unique in the fact that it packs basically all of our enjoyment into like three months or something. And this is a, this is the one kind of, uh, you know, this side of the uh, the seasonal cycle uh, that we get to, you know, come around and watch something that if you close your eyes and squint just hard enough, looks like an actual college football game. So, and enjoy Langford it as always, Green, my man. Langford Green is between the Bowden statue and the uh, statue north east side of the stadium is out uh, in front of like the lit spear. If that, if yep. you're familiar with that, that's what you're looking for. Uh, if you see the Bowden statue, you need to walk almost to the other side of the stadium uh, to come see us. So yep. awesome, man. Well, all right, uh, my man. Cool. I will catch you there. Catch you. Thank you to all you guys who joined us in the YouTube uh, stream and the comments, questions. Very much appreciated. If you have a chance to hit the like button, know that it is uh, gratefully appreciated by us. And we'll be back to you uh, on Saturday.